Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Thursday, July 6th. 2023, I am Mike Abadier, your host, of course, and I am alongside my main man, Pop DiBiase. we got a good show coming for you today, live from Los Angeles. I hope everyone had a good 4th of July, hopefully safe, no uh, fingers got blown up, uh, but you enjoyed lighting up the night sky and maybe throwing down a cocktail or two. How was your 4th, Pop? It was all right. It was just... Uh... It was a good little day. You know me. Things are a little different. So, you know, it's some some things that you got to get used to. But I just relaxed. I chilled. I didn't do much. Yeah, you know, it was a great baseball day for me. Because there was mm. a game that started like at 8 in the morning, West Coast time. Mm. And all the way up until the last out of the Dodgers game. I was a couch potato, man. I watched, I watched it all the way throughout. You know, a good like 13... Uh, probably about 14 and a half hours of baseball. So mm. that was that, – and, and it's cool, too, because nobody's calling you on 4th of July. There's no business, none of that kind of stuff. So it was a sports-filled week uh, or, or holiday in the middle of the week, which is, which is kind of nice. Now, I want to get started with somebody who has become a superstar – but hasn't played a single minute in American professional sports. Now, who I'm talking about brings with him a type of celebrity. Some people will say it's LeBron-esque, but I think it's a little bit different because it has an international flavor to it. You know, we're talking about guy who is hanging out already with one of the greatest soccer players on the planet in Mbappe, some of the more legendary basketball players like Tony Parker. He's a hero in France and in Europe, and he's quickly becoming that here to the extent, to the extent that Britney Spears wanted his photo or autograph or, or something, and she approached him. Talking, of course, about the youngster, Wemby. That's his nickname, right? Wemby? Is that how to say it? Wemby? Yeah. Who is the uh, first overall pick in the NBA draft. I'm sure most sports fans already know that. Uh, San Antonio Spurs. And they've done really well with their first-round overall picks, David Robinson and Tim Duncan. So I don't doubt that they've got another winner. But I'm just saying, this is a very, very interesting situation. And I'm not sure that it's necessarily beneficial for him to be such a worldwide celebrity before he's played a minute in American sports. What's your take? Well, I'm going to keep it real with you, Mike. And you gave that him some glossing good stuff. But I wouldn't call him a superstar yet. I know that they're trying to say he's going to be a superstar. But... The guy's going to get a lot of 
of attention because he's seven five. You know, yeah, that's cool. He's the number one pick in the draft and everything like that. But he doesn't have to play basketball for people to want to touch and get an autograph or take a picture with him or something like that. He's a freaking nature. He's walking around the seven five, Mike. You know, that makes you make a lot of sense. But I mean, LeBron, who's tall guy, is not seven five, but he wasn't I, hanging out with the best soccer players in the world and having I, Britney Spears come up to him and stuff. This is nuts. I understand that, but due to seven five, Mike, it, it LeBron is was six seven six eight. We've seen six seven six eight. You see a seven five man, you're gonna go talk to him. It doesn't matter if he plays in the NBA or he picks up garbage over at Cal State LA. So pretty much, you know, he's a really tall guy, and they're making a lot out of it because he's a he, he's all over social media. He's all over everything that you're supposed to be on as a pop culture figure. But I'm going to keep it real with you. He's not bigger than Britney Spears. And literally, the guy that did that works for the Spurs security team. That wasn't his security guard. That wasn't his personal bodyguard. That wasn't any of that. He was trying, they were trying to move him through the hotel or the restaurant, wherever they were at in the Aria. And she went over and she touched him on the shoulder and then he goes off and he hauls off and sl- and throw and smacks her to the ground. That's unnecessary, right there. That's well, great. completely un- completely unnecessary. Let's take a quick time out for a quick second. Just- don't do that, to people. You don't. No, I- he that he's too big for you to have to do all that. If he's not in any danger, so that's just like stupid in itself. So now, dude's about to lose his job, and he's about to catch a battery charge because he's not letting it go. Right. Now, let's, uh, hold on. Let's take a quick quick uh, pause on this for a quick second just to get folks up to speed. I think you said most of the story, but in short, she went up to him or tried to approach him to take a photo or, I don't know, get an autograph or something. And somebody from – at first they said his security detail, his security team, and then they said Spurs security – uh, whichever it is, uh, got got physical, got physical with uh, Britney Spears, who was probably the queen of pop after Madonna and before, uh, before. Uh, uh, why am I blanking on her name? Beyonce. Yeah, there is right? no queen of pop after after anything. You know what I mean? Like literally, <laughs> I don't you know they don't call it a genre anymore. Yeah, right. Uh, but I, I got a question. Why is the Spurs security team with him? They don't do this with all the first-round draft picks. Are they in Las Vegas for a summer league game or something, or what's going on? Maybe, maybe you've got some more information well, to fill out. They're missing gaps here. It's because he's a bigger – they did the same thing with Lonzo Ball. What they're trying to do is with a guy like Wimby, you're trying to move him in and out as fast as you can before you get the big rush because it's a freak. It, it's a it, it's a carny show, you know. what I mean, people. Yeah, see but, but why? My question is, why are they there? Or is there a summer league game, or why are they in Vegas? Summer league starts tomorrow, Mike. Okay, so they're there for the summer league, and so then having an escort does make sense because he's supposed to be there and the team's supposed to be there. But when he goes and visits for fun. In Miami, he's not going to have a security detail. The security detail is there to protect him because he's a part of an event that starts tomorrow. Do I have that right? Uh, right. Okay. So 
that being the case, you know, do we know if this happened in a nightclub? Do we know if this happened walking through the casino? Was Wemby playing slots? Do we know any of those kind of details? Uh, or, or, do you, or do you know any of those details? They were at a restaurant, and she was about to go eat. And she wanted to to take a picture with them because I think they were trying to walk into the they were they were walking by and she saw him and she wanted to take a picture with them but the guy would the guy didn't give her a chance to he didn't get a chance to see exactly who it was and he hauled off and slapped her and that's unnecessary it doesn't matter if you're a, a team security member you don't put your hands on anybody it doesn't matter if you put their hand on his back. Because they weren't going to, they did she have a knife? No, she did not. Did she have a gun? No, she did not. She had a hand. And so now this this dude, from being too eccentric, is about to lose his job. And I'm really, and it, they got really lucky because Brittany had her security there as well, too. They got really lucky that her security kept it professional because they could have really beat the brakes off that dude. When I'm surprised. Of, there's got to be, uh, somebody had to take it uh, a video of that, right? I have to assume. Nope, because they were in a private. They, the situation was private because they were in a. You know, Arya knows how to make things private. Arya isn't a uh, is a is a uh, hotel is a newer hotel in Vegas, and they understand the celebrity crush people can make. So they know how to move people in and out of places. And then usually most times they go to a place like Catch because that's where it happened at from what they're saying. Catch is a very is a reserve only restaurant. So a lot of times when people go in there, they're not worried about taking pictures of the food and stuff. They just go in there and go eat because it's an older crowd that goes up in there. And, you know, everybody has a lot of respect. You know, some people still have real morals to where they let people just breathe and live. You know what I mean? It don't matter how famous they are. Let them just have a meal without having to be a star for five minutes. You know what I mean? Right. That's what the biggest problem in our world is, is that sometimes you got to just understand that these people are human. They're not, they're not, they're not objects. They're not subjects. They're not any of that. They're not on a basketball court right now. She's not in a concert right now. Let them walk around freely just like you walk around freely. I feel that's fair to them because they're off the clock right now. They're not doing any work. You know what I mean? That's like me being a, a, a avid guy who wants to be a sports uh, agent. And every time I see Mike Abadir, I'm running up on you, man. You're, you're over there with your pretty girlfriend eating dinner and stuff. And I'm over here, hey, Mike, can I get an autograph? Hey, Mike, can I get a few pointers? That's annoying, dog. It's very annoying, but but here's here's one one facet, and I'm totally speculating, Pop. Would it change things for you knowing I'm making this up, people? I'm not starting rumors, but let's right. just say he's got a little bit of uh, history in his file that uh, he'll have a couple of cocktails and get into uh, bar fights, or. If there's a hot enough girl that invites him back to do some ecstasy with him, he'll do it. You know, like these guys get scouting reports that are so detailed when it comes to their big money investments. They know anything and everything about somebody. You know, they probably know who are the last 20 girls he's slept with. They probably know every little thing that he's gotten in trouble with. Would that then change your mind to where, where you're like, you know what? 
I see why he has a security detail. I'm not saying as bad as uh, who was it in the NFL that uh, the Cowboys assigned security detail, that receiver from a few years ago. Why am I blanking? But anyways, Jerry Jones had a security detail, and I think he also had one for Zeke when he first got into the league. Um, but a lot of times that comes with some background information. Would that change your mind at all? Um, with what security for players? Yeah, if they know if they've got some history on Wemby, right? That he gets into bar fights, or if a hot chick asks him to come to the room and do ecstasy, that he'll do that with her. Things like that. You know, would that change your mind? Where you're like, you know what? He does need security detail because he's immature. No, I wouldn't do that. But I know why he needs security detail because people are so. Mike, I just, I, I just said it. People are so clingy, and they want him to sign stuff. They want him to do stuff so then they can make money off of it. They're trying to avoid these people. When Russell was, but, but, but doesn't every athlete have that problem? Like every visible athlete. Let me explain the situation. Okay, Russell Westbrook jumped out of a, a car. They're in New York City. They're about to play the Knicks, the Lakers, whatever. And the the kid has his jersey out, and Westbrook walked right past him. Everybody's mad, but then they came out with the story and said that him and his father literally follow around NBA stars. They they stalk every move that they're about to make, and they pull up at these places looking to get their autographs so then they can sell it on eBay. That's, that's, uh, that is, is not good. You know what I no. mean? Mm -hmm. It goes back to the baby Gronk situation that we're, we're all looking at now. You know what I mean? Obsessed fathers trying to cash in on, um, you know, things that are supposed to be random and, and thoughtful, you know, not things that are, that are forced in, you know, and make it look like if he doesn't do it, he's a bad guy. I don't like right. that. I don't like that either. It's not right. Not right. But you're right. right. You're right. You're, Mike, you're totally right. It's, it, fans need to get an opportunity to talk to their favorite players. You know, that shouldn't be a, 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 a burden. You know what I mean? But a guy like Wimby is going to need security detail with him because they don't know exactly what to expect. He's from France. Keep it real. And we we and when when the story started coming out about Tony Parker, Tony Parker was a wild boy. You know what I mean? He was a real wild boy, so wild that you know he even got with one of his teammates' uh, um, wives. So you know um, that's why I know that they they probably do have a little bit of a security detail because these French dudes they a little wild, you know. So you know, and they try to make sure that there's no scandal with him at the same time too and i think that you know what y'all are babysitting these kids way too much they should know better and parents should have raised them right if they if they don't know how to act in public mike then you might not be ready for the nba it's that simple you know if you're ready for the nba you're ready to be an adult you're ready to be a man you don't need to have a babysitter but if you're not 21 years old you can't go to no club so it will be good to have security detail with you so you don't get into no trouble it's that simple. Well, you know, you know what's interesting? This kind of like takes me back to really appreciating Kobe Bryant out of high school. I, I was in the camp of I dislike Kobe Bryant 
when he was, I disliked him when he was young because I thought he was aloof, he was arrogant, he didn't uh, want to bond with teammates, etc. It wasn't until later on that it occurred to me that Kobe Bryant was just laser focused from before day number one, even more laser focused than than LeBron or or any player maybe since MJ. And so I got to have a great deal of respect. He did not typically put himself in situations that could get him in trouble mo most of the time, at least. It, definitely not when it came to alcohol or drugs or anything that could make him a little bit more likely or willing to engage in alternative experiences or drunken foolishness or debauchery or anything else. You know, so it makes me appreciate Kobe Bryant more when the more time passes on and the more I think about it. Man, you're right. And the biggest thing is, is that, you know, you know, these guys were so focused on, are so focused on the wrong things. And see Kobe Bryant, by him being fortunate to have the same situation as Grant Hill, but go to the NBA where you have both of your parents, you live in a nice suburb, you got nice things, you've seen nice things, you've been around a lot of rich people your whole life. So you understand, you know, what it takes to to really get get to where to your goal. And like you just said, Kobe was laser focused on the task at hand. Kobe wasn't worried about the partying stuff, the hanging out stuff, because Kobe did all that. His first year in the NBA, he did Moesha. He did uh, In the House with LL Cool J. He was in a number of music videos. And he also was doing a lot of stuff where he would show up to community stuff where he was at a, 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 a random, you know, basketball uh situation in orange county you know what i mean and kobe was good at pulling up for certain things in his when he was 18 19 years old but when well, all, the, all that stuff was benign though right and all this stuff but at but kobe had to get his practice out the way first it was all about hooping and once right. once he 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 said once him and his father decided that that stuff wasn't gonna work you can't be like Shaq. don't do Shaq stuff and that's what happened when Phil got there. Phil said, cut the Shaq stuff out. I don't want you doing all that. And Kobe obliged because he didn't like doing all that. You know what I mean? Right. He had, that was it was more of a – everybody knows that Kobe's first agent was more of an entertainment agent than he was a sports agent. Right. And that's where Kobe kind of had his issues at because he had a guy who was booking actors as well as booking athletes. And so when he went to Rob – Rob was literally like a white version of Rich Paul. You know what I mean? And literally, but he went and got all of his stuff the right way. He didn't have to, to, to do, he didn't have to, to use race, race cards and things like that to the NBA to get his paperwork done. You know what I mean? Right. So, right. you know, but you know, you know how that goes, but Kobe yeah. decided early that he didn't need to do that. Kobe could have been in 15 movies if he wanted to be while he was playing. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. He could have done Shazam and all those other movies, too. We got to take a commercial now, Pop. But uh, I'll, I'll leave it at this. You're dead on in terms of the instruction that he was given, whether it's by his father or whomever. But it probably a big, and you pointed out Phil. I mean, that's got a lot of credibility, right? Phil tells right. you, hey, you, got, you have the chance to be the next Michael Jordan. This is what you got to do. 
he's going to listen to Phil. Because right. if anybody knows, knows who the next Michael Jordan is, it would be Phil Jackson. And so you're right. He, he had a good team. And I think you were also kind of making a polite way of saying, you know, Kobe wasn't like a hood rat. He didn't need to uh, take care of an entourage of people because he came up and you wanted to bring everybody up with him. He was already, you know, solid middle class individual uh, without needing to necessarily flaunt the gold chains and the money because he always had it. And he lived overseas. He lived in Italy, et cetera. We're lit, way late for the commercial. Let's take a time out. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about our TMZ topics because I got one more. And then we'll get to some Major League Baseball right after this. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. So right before the commercial break, I was saying that there's another TMZ-esque story. It's actually very TMZ-like. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but... It's kind of funny to me, so I'm just going to put it out there. So one of my buddies in the media, I don't know if you follow him or not, he goes by the screen name of, uh, or his handle on Twitter is MLFootball. Uh, he, he just, uh, I don't know if he broke the news, but he's reporting it. Oh, he got it from the New York Post. And it says how, so there was, for those who don't know, you know those white parties where everybody dresses in all white? So they had one in LA somewhere, Malibu or Beverly Hills or some rich area, okay? It's a very exclusive thing. 
and you, you, we're talking like actors, A-list actors, and we're talking the biggest of the celebrities, the biggest rappers, rockers, actor, actress, you name it. Any, the who's who of like top 100 celebrities are like there. I'm sure you could Google who was at the white party. And they have uh, their celebrities there too. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, this was put on. This was put on by the CEO of Fanatics. So he had Tom Brady there, and apparently, and I quote, Tom Brady and Kim Kardashian, the duo, was seen during the day on the beach together, and again dancing at night. An insider claimed that the legend, forty-five, is exact. The legend who is 45, is exactly Kim Kardashian's type. Now, I thought she was in the brothers. How is Tom Brady all of a sudden, how, how is the most square of, of white guys all of a sudden her type? I don't even believe that, man. I think people were, people were just saying what they want to say. To They just wanted to put them together. That's all it is, man. And I think that they were at the same party at the same time. You dance with somebody cool. You walk the beach with somebody, you talk to him a little bit, cool. But I know that Tom Brady has seen her resume over the last 20 years, and that's a no-go right there for Tom. I, I already know, because Tom literally just turned down a swimsuit uh, model who was very into him. And he said that, uh, you know what, I can't do it because I just got done being married to a model. You know what I mean? So, you know, but Kim Kardashian is desperate for attention, bro, because after Kanye left, it hasn't been the same. And people try to tell me, oh, it's going to make her career bigger. I say, you notice that everything that she put her hand on has actually flopped nowadays. That little show she had on Hulu, nobody's know that's not a, a TL talk on her Twitters. It, you see, you notice that, that she never, they never bring up her family on Twitter anymore. Um, every time there's something that has to be done, it's always something that they, they kind of force the situation with it. it's almost like a, a script in the show and it's like well can you come back and live in reality with the rest of us because at the end of the day the world doesn't revolve around you and i know that's why it was such a racy article and all that stuff but tom brady's not in the nfl anymore and her show's not on vh1 anymore so who cares like really like why are we following around forty year olds anyway? You know, you are, you know the best the best the best uh, stories when it comes to people getting together are people who are, are who are early in the game and you know over here just having fun. You know, Tom Brady and, and Kim Kardashian. This is like a bad uh, this is like a bad rom com directed by Adam Sandler, dog. Does but you know what? You you nailed it. She's gone, I don't know, like I say, down into the tank. She's got billions of dollars or whatever, but in terms of her celebrityness, maybe this is exactly what she needs to bounce and back. Maybe saying, she's seeking out, you know, her top 10 list includes, you know what I mean? Like whatever, like stealing Jay-Z from Beyonce, uh, a Tom Brady, uh, a Michael Jordan, you know what I mean? Like she's got a, probably an A-list to help her get back to the top. Because look, man, I'm sure it was pretty sweet if you go back a few years to Kardashians, I'm not saying that they were a great family or anything. But man, in terms of headlines, you had Bruce becoming a woman. You had uh, one of the sisters with an NBA guy that almost died in Lamar, <laughs> Lamar Odin. 
you had the young girls, uh, the Jenner girls selling makeup and becoming billion dollar net worth <laughs> people. You know what I mean? You had every single one of them has like their own story. And I'm sure there's so many other things and even the boyfriends got some play and spinoffs from uh, those shows and everything. They were like on cloud nine. And like you said, they've kind of plummeted a little bit. All I know is this before we get to baseball, man, they owe OJ like at least a percentage, bro. Let's face it. If their dad didn't represent OJ in the murder trial, nobody would know the Kardashian name. Right. So and they, they owe OJ a percentage at least. Whether he did it or not, they owe him some debt of gratitude. That's all I know. And I'm going to say this. Kim Kardashian has nothing without this lady right here. And she literally gave her her spot because she was going to lose her inheritance and she kept acting up. Paris Hilton. Because guess what? Ah, you're right. Kim used to be Paris Hilton's assistant. You're right. Assistant, bro. And she stopped hanging out with her because you keep bringing it up, Mike. She stopped hanging out with her because she was like, you can't be dating them type of uh, them type of uh, artists. And she was dating Ray J. Ray J at the time was like a C-grade artist. You know what I mean? You can't date those type of guys. And then she was trying to date Reggie Bush. She was like, you really don't want to deal with the football players. She was like, you know what? Just get on down the road. I don't want to deal with you no more because you over here trying to be somebody that you truly not. But I can't. So, so she was like a good mentor. Move on, huh? She was like a good mentor. Then you're saying, yeah, she's the one that that showed her the whole life on how to do it, and she pretty much handed her the spot because she had to let it go, or she wasn't gonna get her inheritance, man. And you see, right now, she got real billions. She don't doesn't have this net worth, and that it can it can shrink any day of the week once the lawsuit uh, goes through because Kim is dealing with a lot of pending lawsuits as well, too. You know, there's a lot of people that, that they've stole money from over the years. There's a lot of people that they, they, they've done bad business with over the years. And so that's why now she's trying her hardest to be this innocent, good, this innocent, nice person and all this other stuff. But these people are getting, they're, they're getting their dues right now. So you're trying to attach yourself to a Tom Brady so you can get one last little inkling of some fame going. And you need to worry about raising your kids, man. Because you already made Kanye look like a nutball. And, you know, pretty much you're trying to tell all of us you're a great mother. And you're all this, that, and the third. But you're always chasing a man. You're not a great mother. You're just another person that uses your fame to be something that you really don't want to be. But then at the end of the day, you didn't already signed up for it, so you, you stuck. And that's it, and that's it, and that's all, Mike. Yeah, man. You know, look, uh, I've got a, a couple of really quick bottom line takes on it. I think you'll agree with the first one. You might not agree with the second one. But the first one is every man that a Kardashian's been with has ended up dead, broke, or, you know, uh, almost dying or in, on, on the – in the public shit list or something. Like, it never turns out well. It's always has a bad ending. That's the first point. Second point, man, and I'm not saying this from a chauvinistic viewpoint. I'm saying this from a me. This is me viewpoint. She's been with a lot of dudes, man. 
<laughs> she's been with a lot of guys. You know, at least nah, I'm not even going to go there. It's <laughs> it's not 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 for me, bro. Not not for me. No, no, thank you. Especially too, because if you're Tom Brady, like you know all the dudes she's been with. Like if when you date somebody, like you date somebody, you start dating somebody this summer. You don't know any of the guys from her past. I mean, unless you're a part of the same social circle or something. But typically, you know, you meet somebody new, you date them, get to know them. But in this case, you you said it best. You said Tom Brady's looked at her resume from the last 20 years. And I think that was perfectly worded by you, Pop. And that resume is skanky as you know what? So uh, right. I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave it there because we're a sports show. We became TMZ. It's too much yeah. mileage far, bro. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, there's all types of stuff, man. Go get the Carfax. <laughs> right. Right. And, right. Um, and by the way, for any lady, for any ladies that hear this, you know, I think I think a dude who engages in such behavior is nasty too. So I'm going to be fair on both sides. It's not, it's not a woman thing or whatever. You know, I think there's something to be said for having a little bit of control and restraint and being selective and all that good stuff. But my let's get to some things. Was why was uh, Ruben and, um, and Bede so close? But you know what? We'll save that for another day. <laughs> all right. Yeah, let's definitely save that for another day, man. That's all okay. I can say at 40. Uh, well, you know. What's going on up in that piece, bro? Well, I, I last maybe 15 minutes because, you know, white party, you know, eating food, knowing me, stains. I got to go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, man. I know Mike, well, would be, Mike would have been at the white party for two days. I just just know that. Mike well, just, the closest uh, thing, the closest the closest thing that I ever got to doing <laughs> such a thing was at uh, the Playboy Mansion. I went there with some NFL guys. You remember uh, legendary Joey Porter from a few years back and Adrian Ross. And I was with that crew, you know, the night of my life, not because, you know, I got with so many girls or whatever, but it was the night of my life in terms of it was very eye-opening, something I'll never forget just seeing what it was about. It's kind of like a adult Disneyland slash circus, and you just can't help but, like, eyes wide open, like, what the F? There are people that actually live like this. This is nutty, you know? Uh, and they do this, like, five nights a week. Like, this is crazy, you know? So, anyways, let's get to some actual sports talk, Pop, before we uh, get ourselves in any kind of trouble here. Because there's a lot of baseball to talk about. And you've talked about this quite a bit. Uh, the last, you know, probably bunch of shows since the baseball season started. We've got a great game. I think that the baseball is as healthy as it's been in a while. There's a lot of young superstars. It looks like there's uh, more interest. They've done a really good job in terms of their social media. Uh, they're really stepping it up. They've shortened the games and... There's a lot of young, promising players that haven't even come up yet. There's a bunch that have come up that have delivered. So there's a lot of baseball that we could celebrate and appreciate as it's happening because, uh, let's face it, 
baseball sometimes has the tendency to kind of fall behind a little bit. And it's kind of a shame to do that. And I think you will always know, this is my litmus test, you will always know if a game in America is getting a little bit more popular when you see the brothers playing it. And I think we're starting to see an uptick in baseball. Saw an uptick also in soccer. I don't know if you watched the U.S. men's national team. You know, I remember there would be like one, one token black guy on, on the USA team or whatever. Now it's like half the athletes there are, 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 are from black community. They're super fast. They're really good soccer players. You know, you could tell that they not only are committed to the sport they're currently in, but that they grew up playing. You know, it's like in their DNA. You know, you could tell that by their soccer intelligence and stuff. So uh, bringing it back to baseball, I'll tell you why that's important. Uh, and you know me, I don't care about all the racial stuff or whatever, but let's face it. Some of the, I've always felt that some of the best athletes are your center fielders, your shortstops, uh, other positions in baseball too. And so, you know, I like seeing the best of the best out on the playing field. It's the bottom line. That's really what it's all about. And it would be a shame, you know, that we have so many great athletes here, but those spots are taken by players from other countries like Puerto Rico and Cuba, et cetera. And I'm glad for them. I'm just saying we got a lot in our own backyard and we got to appeal to such people. So I'm, I'm kind of glad to, to see that happening. With that said, I will talk about one of the most electrifying players. You've talked about him a lot. We've mentioned him a lot. Ellie and the Cincinnati Reds. They were predicted to be, you know, at the bottom of the barrel, like Pittsburgh Pirates kind of bottom of the barrel, Oakland A's kind of bottom of the barrel. But you know what? You open the standings right now after Milwaukee lost Excuse me. Uh, uh, they won. Uh, after Cincinnati won for the fifth game in a row, they are now two games up on the Milwaukee Brewers, man. Two games up on the Milwaukee. Who would have thought at the All-Star break that Cincinnati Reds would be in first place? And I think one of the young superstars, amongst several young star talent-wise players, I'm not going to say they're all stars yet, but talent-wise, on the Cincinnati Reds, are really propelling this team without much of a pitching staff. Let's take our final commercial timeout. We'll talk more about the Cincinnati Reds and why I think they have some staying power, even without a bona fide pitching staff. Stay with us. We'll be back right after this. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more. 
We'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at TheMikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Final segment on this week's show, we were talking about the Cincinnati Reds, and I was saying why I felt that they have some staying power despite not having much of a pitching staff. Now, why do I say that? Because outside of a rookie pitcher who's, you know, he's played in 16 games, okay? Uh, Outside of this rookie pitcher, do I have that right, 16 games? I'll, I'll double check that. But outside of him... There's nobody on the pitching staff that is a starting pitcher that's under four ERA at the moment. Hunter Green has a 3.95, okay? And I think he got shelled earlier in the year, and then he got into, into his group. And I love Hunter Green. I think he's a stud. And he's out until, uh, I believe, the end of August or something like that. But outside of him and outside of the, the, the rookie – uh, Abbott. Abbott's ERA is minuscule. Andrew Abbott. But we've seen that with rookies that when they first get called up and the league doesn't know them yet, a lot of times you'll see rookie pitchers. Not uncommon to see them have their first five or six starts be pretty dynamic. And then the league figures them out and then things settle into more normalcy. So outside of the rook and outside of Hunter who's out, their pitchers, I mean, we're talking about ERAs that are like, let's see here, uh, Lively is 4.11. Uh, I'm trying to uh, pull, pull this up here. Uh, apologize, folks. Uh, Herget, or let's see, Ashcraft, 6.28. Weaver, 6.72. I mean, this is crazy to see starting pitchers with those kind of ERAs at this point of the season. Williamson, 5.21. It kind of has the question, how, how are they winning? And then they've got a lot of guys who have done that whole bullpen game and started games and pitched an inning or two. But that's, that's the pitching staff that I just named right there. It's all with super ridiculous ERAs. Now, that says something about their offense, and their offense has been raking. Absolutely dynamite. But 
with that said, I mean, if you look at the, the team's statistical uh, basic type of analytics, right, even as, as basic as run, uh, run scored, runs against differential, they're still in the negative, even though they're 10 games above 500. You know, but everything I'm saying would suggest that they're going to fail, Pop. Everything I just said suggests that they will fizzle. But I don't think they will. And what I'm going to say is very unscientific. I think they just have the it factor. Every year in every sport, there is a team that no one thinks belongs. And then they get hot, lightning in a bottle. And the it factor gives them confidence. And they keep building on that confidence. And they just keep winning. They just keep rolling. And I think that's what Cincinnati has this year, man. Like I said, very unscientific. Not anything that I could, like, capture in words. But I think that the Reds are going to stay there, man. And I know you like the Milwaukee Brewers. You know, uh, Milwaukee Brewers, to me, just lacks some firepower. But it's good to see, uh, you know, some of the guys uh, like Christine Belich kind of have a little bit of resurgence. Uh, Bellinger also with the Cubs. Uh, I always associate those two guys together because they have very similar trajectory, similar ups and downs. Uh, you know, and the Cubs, Cubs are much better than I think people realize, but they're still six games below 500. Really, this division comes down to Cincinnati and Milwaukee. Since we've spent a lot of time on the show talking about alternative things, we're probably going to have to zip through some of this. But really quickly, yay or nay on the Cincinnati Reds? Do the Reds have staying power? Of course they 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 can they can do it, but they got nine games coming up against the Brewers. It's gonna be tough, Mike. It's not gonna be a walk in the park. Because what happens when the schedule actually gets tough? You know, you you you're doing this to teams that are, are last place, they have no hope right now. You know what I mean? And I think that today was a great effort. That was a great way to show that you know what, we do not go away. You know what I mean? We're going to fight. We're going to scratch. We're going to claw. That's what they're making their identity on, on being comeback kids. That's beautiful. That's great. But at the end of the day, the next two months are going to be the real story of the red season, in my opinion. Hey, man, nine games against a division opponent is, uh, is, is a lot can happen. It a plays. lot can happen. Like, so, you know, here's the thing, though. Like if you go five and four against the team, you know that's not that's not like bad. It's not great, but you go five and four. Milwaukee makes up no ground. In fact, they lose a game. Right now, if the Brewers go five and four, they make up they make up a game. Right now, the Reds are two games up. Really, what we're saying is that the Brewers, of course, the situation may change. But if they were playing the next nine games head to head they would need to go six and three to be able to overtake them. So a lot of times people talk about how many games left against their opponent, but a lot of times with these division matchups, you know, they kind of split down the middle, you know, back in the day or not that long ago when you had unbalanced schedule and the Red Sox and the Yankees were playing 19 games together. It wasn't uncommon to see one of those teams go 10 and nine or nine and 10 against one another. And the funny thing is, a lot of times it would be like the Red Sox won the first six out of seven. And then within the same season, the Yankees won the next seven out of eight. 
And but when all is settled, when all is said and done, they end up having almost an even record head to head. So we'll we'll see about that. Keeping it moving, Pop, because we are uh, limited on time here and want to get to a few talking points. Just maybe a one-liner or two-liner because you watch the Dodgers a lot. How, why are, why do the Pittsburgh Pirates give the Dodgers so much trouble? Tradition. Traditionally, always been an issue with the Pirates. And the same goes for the Pirates with the Dodgers. Just a good old-fashioned um, Brooklyn rival, as I like to say. Okay. Not quite uh, much, uh, but we all know that they've been around each other for a long time. Okay, let's let's move over to the other side of Los Angeles with the LA Angels. A lot of people were liking the possibility because Otani is having another historic year. Trout, who started off kind of slumping, had started getting into a groove. And then all of a sudden, the rug gets pulled from underneath him. Now, Trout's out for a period of time. It's probably out for a month, month and a half, two months. Otani's fingernails causing issues. I'm not saying that as a joke uh, or to be funny uh, because that is an issue for a pitcher. If, if any position at all for a pitcher on your throwing hand, you know, you, you kind of need to, to have uh, not have issues. Let's just put it to you that way. Are the Angels done, number one? And number two, if they don't make the playoffs, is Otani done with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim? I think that Otani going to go where that money go. And you know who's number one with the money right now is the Angels. You know what I mean? But is it that the Angels want to invest in that? So will the Angels – the Angels are going to do this. They're going to see how they look for the next two or three weeks, and I think that they will think about possibly – moving uh, Shotani during the uh, trade deadline so they can get some assets back for him. Because I still believe that if Otani can play a little bit greater, I know he's already doing great now, but I think if he can play a little bit greater, he can push the Angels towards still being in the race. You know what I mean? And still possibly making the playoffs. And if you can get Mike Trout back in the six-week uh, area, I think you still got a good chance, but you got to finish July strong. And right now, July is not looking good. Keeping it moving. I'm not going to spend much time on this. I was going to have an actual funeral, a real funeral for the St. Louis Cardinals. Bury them at the All-Star break. But we don't have time to do that. That's my take on St. Louis. You know what I mean? It ain't like the Cardinals weren't bad a few years ago, too. You know what I mean? Like, seriously. Yeah, but they're, they're a pretty old uh, playoff team somehow, some way, you know? Right. The aura of them had, it wore off a, a long time ago when uh, Pujols left, in my opinion. Even though they won World Series and all that good stuff, uh, they're just the St. Louis Cardinals to me, man. We I know that there's something that we're very used to and everything like that, but if they have a bad season, we are not we don't have to sit up here and be like, oh, my God, what's going to be wrong with the team? Because they'll be back next year. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. another, week go, another week passes by in the AL East. All the teams still over 500. Pretty remarkable. I wish we could spend more time on it. Uh, but the, the last two things that we are going to talk about are how dominant the Braves look 
And uh, it's kind of cool to see the Battle of Texas. I mean, when's the last time that we saw the Astros and the Rangers battling it out for the division? And it looks like a two-horse race. I still am of the opinion that the Astros pull away. But I, I, I love the fact that you have the two teams in state because I don't think it's happened before. If it has, uh, I don't remember it. But keep in mind, see, the Astros were in the National League for a long time. So this is probably the first time that both teams have been good at the same time, as far as I remember, at least. So quick takes, Braves, Astros, Rangers, as we close up the show, Pop. Astros, Rangers, I'm going to keep it real with you. The Rangers are breathing. They are breathing harder and harder every day as the Astros start to really get their bearings all together with them. The Astros and the Dodgers are just at the rearing point right now. That's good that these little teams got their little start off on them, but this is just like a, a good old uh, race over at Santa Anita, Mike, where a good old uh, stakes race, eighth race, you know what I mean? Hey, you got this 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 cool little four, uh, 15 to 1 hitting the, hitting the front and not looking back. But you know what, though? You got the grand champ that's already just pacing. And you know what? I want to run at that target like that anyway. So that's exactly what I see right now with the Astros and I see with the Dodgers as well, too. Dodgers a game and a half out. The Astros are about a game and a half out right now as well, too. They're right where they want to be at when it comes to uh, rolling into this All-Star break. Hey, man. That's uh, very concise and, and very well said. Uh, in the last uh, moments here, just want to quickly talk about uh, All-Star game. Quick take from you. I liked it better when all the guys are wearing their own team's uniforms and hats. Not really that big on everybody having that same, you know, AL uniform and NL uniform. What say you? I want the I want that regular uniforms. I don't feel like it's even an All Star game without the regular uniforms. Those little cheap, um, you know. Team jerseys, I hate them. I don't like them in the NBA. I don't like them in the um, uh, Major League Baseball, and I damn sure don't like them. Uh, and, yeah, they're all right in, um, with the uh, NFL because they wear the helmets. So you have that. You know what I mean? But I want to see them back in their regular uh, road or home jerseys, man, because I think it would be cool if you use those damn City Connect jerseys that everybody that you, that you made everybody wear. That would look pretty awesome. See, that's a great point because if, if if the concern is, well, in basketball, how do you know who's your teammate? You might get confused. Uh, that's a great point. You have w one side play with the home whites and the other side play with the dark. Right? You can do that in baseball. There's no confusion in baseball, really, because you're not, you know, there's no one-on-one -on -one defense or passing the ball or anything like that in baseball. So, anyways, that's all the time we have. want to thank everybody from Voice America, Pop DiBiase, everybody that makes this happen, and of course, most importantly, you, the listener. We will see you all same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend and the All-Star Game. See you next Thursday, guys. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.